When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PHLY Eagles podcast, Friday at noon, Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, joined in studio today by the professor himself, Daniz Selman. We haven't talked to you in a while, Daniz. There's no Eagles game for you to jinx this week. How are you (laughs) feeling? What's your general demeanor now that we are entering the very long offseason? Look, listen, the team was 10 and 1 before I came on the show and 1 and 6 after. It's not a perfect correlation, okay? So that's that's all I have. <laughs> it's to say. an aberration. I mean, uh, you know, we can blame the weather and beat the, the Giants. Storm. There's beat, lots of yeah. Beat the Giants uh, after I joined. It's not like they never won. Yeah, yeah, and they'd lost to the Jets before. So I mean, that's all I. I mean, that's that's all the defense I need. I mean. Okay, Zach, how are you doing? You doing got great. perfect posture. You got yeah. your vest on. Where you're you're feeling good. Doing well. Excited for the show. Always love when Professor Selman's here, and uh, yeah, it's been a good week of shows. I'm going to miss you next week, so I'm already kind of preparing for that. And I'm looking, forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to these next 60 minutes. All right. Well, uh, we've got plenty to talk about. We want to get your thoughts, Daniz, on Vic Fangio coming in. Maybe some thoughts on what you'd like to see from offensive coordinator to be determined uh, moving forward. We'll talk a little bit about the schedule for next season, but we have a little bit of like coaching news as the Eagles are putting out interview feelers. Zach, why don't you give us the Stone Cold Newsman update? So DJ Elliott has not been dismissed as as far as as we know publicly, but it seems to be like. But it feels like maybe the uh, plug to his turntable has been (laughs) taken out. Well, this is kind of the the Gunter Brewer situation. Ah, Gunter Brewer. If you recall, is that one day all of a sudden he just took the Louisville job? Mm, Fast, freaky, freaky, freak. And and so I say this as as a way of saying the Eagles are clearly interviewing linebacker coaches right now uh joe barry the former packers defensive coordinator is well traveled around the nfl including a stint in san diego that overlapped with nick sirianni's time in san diego he is interviewing with the eagles according to multiple reports uh certainly would sound like that would be for a linebackers coach job and mike caldwell interviewing with the eagles again according to reports after uh interviewing with the eagles for the defensive coordinator spot caldwell by the way Jaguars defensive coordinator last year was on the Bucks staff had, had been on the Eagles staff at, at one point so there's uh those are some Eagles coaching interview news now Elsewhere, do you think interviewing Mike Caldwell for the linebacker position is an indication that Fangio wants to play in like a base 5-1-5 defense no uh, I'm trying to well because he's, he's only a Mike it's not like they're interviewing his <laughs> brothers you get that, by the way? Will and Sam 
Did, did uh, I, I, I kind of saw this one coming. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a. Da- I was. You know. I. I. Uh, I mean, bring in all the Caldwells if we're going to care about linebackers. You know. <laughs> I. I like. Um. You know. Put my kid to sleep every night. Put my son to sleep every night. And he said to me last night. He says. He says, Dad. Um, why can't a nose be 12 inches? And I said, why? And he said, because then it will be a foot. And I said, that's pretty good. I like that. (laughs) I I said, I I said, did you hear that in school today? And he said, I made it up. Uh, no, I don't know if he made it up. That's a great joke, Mm. but that's, that's in line with your Mike Caldwell joke. That's good. You know what, you know what I've been doing lately is we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're working through spelling, right? Um, and so when there's a when there's a silent e like we we do the the word moose m o o s e we say a silent e it's an I actually do a very good impression of a silent e you ready? <laughs> I see what you did there. The audio listeners pretty good. Yes. Wow, pretty good. The uh, <laughs> oh, one quick other thing is uh, I don't mean to deviate into like bedtime stories here. Sure. But Reed's getting really into sports and from the library at school he takes out like the history of whatever sport it is. And so Emily is end up reading to him a lot at night. And she's like, these books are so boring. And then the why aren't you thing, reading? I do some of that, but Emily does a lot of the reading at night. I tell stories. We, we, we talk about different things. We go over all the stats in the games. My son can, can, can tell you every day what the Sixers did into the night before. Okay. Um, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a bedtime story story, but to the Mike Caldwell before we we deviated there um I, I I don't think it indicates anything other than the fact that Vic Fangio is bringing in his his own um uh, position coaches but it's it's also worth noting and this isn't the takeaway from DJ Elliott or from DK Montgomery last year uh, uh um but the Eagles were interviewing got coaches late in the process right I mean, if, if exactly. you're talking to linebackers, coaches who've been established defensive coordinators, that's quite different than hiring a, a college linebackers coach, right? So, uh, or a, a college coordinator who's coming your your linebackers coach. So clearly, they're able to kind of swim in uh, coaches with 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 more distinguished NFL resumes at this right. point. Right. That's this is what we talked about, like the chance to refresh the staff and have your pick of better options. Obviously, the fact that you would bring in a Vic Fangio and fill out the position coach staff with guys who have been in higher positions before and maybe like Peter Principled yep. over there, like it, it seems like they're setting themselves up for a much more professional operation. On sure. Th- this new regime of not letting you guys talk to the position coaches is really making it hard for me to have any feelings whatsoever about you know, guys like uh, Ronell Williams and DJ Elliott, who are almost surely going to be gone. Like, it's like, I've never heard them speak. Like, I don't know what they did. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it was nice when when they had those, like, media sessions during the bye week or whatever. Right. I would hope that they bring those back. But, you know, music my ears. Sell Zach on music that, my yeah. ears. Yeah. Well, and they used to, like, each do a, a, a training camp press yeah. conference along the way. They didn't do that this year, right? And something that they did, they scattered them around. Some of them, but right. Yeah, it's something we should, we should reevaluate. And it's good for the coaches, too, because it enhances their visibility. Um, on the offensive coordinator front, uh, since we had our show last night, um, well, was he, uh, my, my days are all kind of coming together. Dave Canales, when did he get named? Was that during the show? Yes. It was during the show because we were show, talking we about read, the okay, book. Yes, and okay. then please t- fill in the listeners <laughs> oh, no. about your uh, evening activity last night. Well, um, <laughs> Bo, well, I was listening back to our show, and Bo brought up the uh, book that Dave Canales and his wife wrote. And so, uh, and it was kind of, 
I, I, I don't want to as- ascribe your tone, but it was almost in like a sarcastic tone. All I did was read the description. Okay. So Joy is laughing here. And I felt, you know, I I feel very strongly about this in in general. You shouldn't cast judgment until you have more information, right? Like I I always reserve judgment until I know what it is that I'm talking about. So I started reading um, the book as much as I could. Uh, Excuse me. I read about 25 pages. Last night. Now, let me ask you, well, finish your story, and then I'm going to ask you a different question. And I learned, <laughs> I learned more about the Canales family and the Canales marriage. I learned how they um, got together. I, I learned how they met. I, I learned kind of what they were doing. Did you put it in your spreadsheet of how coaches met their wives? <laughs> oh, but now I know that one yeah. for sure. Uh, you, heard, you read about their philandering? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well, his. <laughs> Uh, real quick on the on the way the coaches met their wives. Uh, uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but uh, Marissa, our former producer, who a lot of our longtime listeners know, sent um, Bo, Shio, and me a text the other night uh, about Jim Harbaugh, and she said, "Did you know Jim Harbaugh met his wife in a PF Chang's parking lot?" And I'm like, "Did I know? It was, it's a great story." And I shared with them the whole story of how Jim Harbaugh met his wife. Hmm. Nothing in this world takes the place of persistence, you said. Yeah, Jason, so are you Kelsey, trying to, so Jason we, Kelsey, according to Cal, uh, from, from Calvin Coolidge, right? Are you uh, st- steering away from the Canalis <laughs> cheating? Is that? Or, uh, <laughs> oh, I am not. It's in the book. Go- you read. Yeah, I, I, I haven't gotten to the uh, okay, other parts of the book. So okay. I've, I've now, read this is the other thing I want to ask you about. As a published author who also has <laughs> yes. another book yes. um, coming out, did you feel a little bit dirty about only reading the free preview? Yeah, I did, actually. I always, like, like for instance, Malcolm Jenkins' book, I, I got sent an advanced copy, but I bought the book because I do feel like if you're going to read the book, you should, you should buy the book, mm. hook up the author. Uh, Drink the milk by the cow. <laughs> something like that. But, yeah, I, I, have, if, if I haven't read the full book yet. Um, I should buy the book. You're right. But I, I didn't last night. I just wanted to kind of see what it was about regarding that. Anyways, <laughs> that happened during the show. The, the Raheem Morris thing happened at, at, at night last night. Um, I bring up Dave Canales because now the Bucks offense coordinator job's open. That's another offense coordinator job. Brian Johnson interviewing with the Bucks, but also I believe Kellen Moore um, is a candidate down there as well. So, so we will another team competing for exactly yes. for offense quarter and more specifically another team that has the offense coordinator calling plays um, because the Cleveland job might not be as attractive, for instance, as the Eagles job because Kevin Stefanski is calling plays. There's more autonomy, at, at least what we think in Philly than there is in Cleveland, but, but when you look at jobs like New England, jobs like uh, Tampa Bay, jobs like Philly, you're calling the plays. Uh, I mentioned Raheem Morris getting the Falcons job, which means, by the way, Bill Belichick might get shit out this cycle, but um, it sounds like Zach Robinson, uh, the uh, coach who, who you once saw at the cafeteria, uh, is a prime candidate to be the offensive coordinator for the Falcons next year. All right. Dennis, we've we've just been sort of sitting over there. We got to get you in, in <laughs> yes. conversation here. Sorry I want to talk that. about. Well, I did uh, want to link the Dave Canales news to the uh, to the Eagles. Uh, the uh, apparently he has trouble staying faithful while on road trips uh, in the NFL, <laughs> and uh, the the Carolina Panthers will be coming to Philly. 
uh, next uh, next fall. Exciting so, for the women of Philadelphia. Insofar as how it affects, is, uh, you know, so like whether you want to be near the hotel or not be near no. the hotel that night, I, you please, can make your choice. Please, this this was previously <laughs> in the marriage. Okay, this is like they've worked on their marriage. This is the, mm, what the good book, for them. Yes. book is about. So mm. please do not. Let's 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 do not create an impression for something that's not the case. But I mean, that could be theoretically an edge in the game, as if you know he's got he's got to fight temptation uh, Saturday night in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, you know. no. there you go. It, might, it could be a sleepless night. That's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Maybe he'll be sleepless the, the thinking about the, 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 the mistress talk is a long running thread on uh, the PHL Eagles podcast. All right, Dennis, let's let's talk about Fangio. Um, yeah. Uh, the I original, the, the original Dead Poet Society movie. That's right. The yeah. original Dead Poet Society. Not movie. the novelization. Right. Not the Turkish translation. And I know you were a fan of of what Matt Patricia brought to the Eagles defense, <laughs> and I know that this has been tough for you to move on from. Oh but, but give us your your level of excitement here of 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 Fangio coming in. I'm I'm excited. I think um, a, a lot of my thoughts on this are are similar to what you guys have expressed on previous um, you know like the shows the last couple of weeks. Is that I really would like the offensive coordinator to bring like new ideas and be more modern and fresh and all this kind of stuff. I think with defensive coordinator, having the veteran with the high floor, who's going to be able to uh, get guys to line up and, and have their respect and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I think there are, there's definitely the question of is the Fangio scheme like now suffering from the same thing that the that the cover three like right. Seattle defense mm-hmm. suffered from, where like Everybody's every offense design on plays. solving this problem exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So so that's definitely going to be a challenge uh, for him, and it's it's been a challenge for all of the Fangio tree coaches who are getting who are like losing their jobs and getting fired all right. over the place. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much he adapts. Like, you know, I, I can talk about what the Miami defense did this yeah. this last year, and, and I have some numbers for that in terms of the coverages and how how it's related to what the Eagles uh, were doing with, with Desai. But I think it's going to be – the most interesting thing is going to be how much Fangio changes from game to game and how much he changes as offenses are, you know – not that impacted anymore by the late safety rotation and some of the things that are his staples. So, um, you know, one of the things I can start with, like, I think a lot of, a lot of people know, like Fangio starts with two high safeties and rotates and all that stuff. So I'll get to that in a second. But one, one game that I always think about with Fangio, which was interesting to me is that 2021 game. And I mentioned it on the show before 2021 Mm. Eagles at Broncos. Mm -hmm. Like you're not saying the best like ever game by Jalen hurts. Like, uh, you know, uh, to date at the, at the time. Um, so maybe it wasn't a great game for Fangio, but interestingly, schematically in that game, I just went back and looked at my notes from that game. That's impressive. Cover one blitz, cover one blitz, cover one blitz, cover zero blitz, cover three, cover one blitz, cover one blitz, cover three, cover one blitz. It was like an insane amount of man blitz in that game from Fangio. Didn't do a lot of the stuff he does with the with the two, with the too high and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was really interesting that that's the way he thought he could play against that 
it's so offense at the time. Right. That was because, the adjustment right. he made. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. And, and, and it didn't work at all. Like, I mean, Jalen Hurts looked like Brady against that. Uh, you know, they were moving the pocket and like avoiding the blitz and doing all these things. It was that like looking back at that game was interesting for, for both reasons, right? It was interesting to see Fangio so out of character. And it was also like, where is this like mm-hmm. moving the pocket to avoid the blitz right. like stuff that the Eagles did in that game that they literally Especially never did it, again. It felt like at the time, like, the reason that teams weren't doing that against the Eagles, blitzing and playing man, was because it, it invited Jalen to scramble right, right and pick right. up yards that way. And that's not what he was doing in that game. No, it was right. like it stepping was like, up in the pocket right. and finding yep. guys downfield and hitting Devontae Smith and, and everything. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting how, um, you know, like, uh, of course, it, there was no A.J. Brown that year. It was like Jalen Rager on the other side, right? So playing man, you know, trusting his corners and whatnot. And Devontae was, was made part some great catches in that game. He did against Sertan. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, like that was an example of how he can adapt from game to game. But when you look at his overall numbers from this year, it is like the Eagles really were like, the like not the Turkish novelization, but like the novelization <laughs> of the movie. It was like a watered down version because you look and it's like, you know, they play like a crazy amount of cover six which is like you know like you've got quarter quarter half so you have you start with two safeties and then like you have a, a one corner squatting and the safety high on that side that's a good tool to use against like a star wide receiver by the way i highly recommend reading um sean syed's yep. um piece the the book of fangio which is just this like long article about like going through and detailing um all of the schemes that fangio does and one of the um things that he wrote in that is uh, he wrote, uh, to combat Sean McVay's famed illusion of complexity, uh, the Fangio defense uses the appearance of simplicity, the same exact defensive look can end up in a plethora of coverages, pressures, and assignments. So it is like such an extreme version of that when you look at Miami's numbers like they did more sim pressures than anybody else in the league like they did uh, you know they start in too high like 80% of the time which is higher than anybody else in the league but then they end up in too high on only 50% of the snaps Mm -hmm. so the amount of times that they that they disguise uh, is was just like much higher than other teams. They, they did 36% middle of field disguise. That was third highest, but the top two were only like a little bit above them. The Eagles were 28% last year. Like I said, a slightly watered down version of that. And it's almost always open to close disguise, meaning that they start with two high safeties and then one of the safeties has to rotate down. And so to your discussion uh, yesterday about will the Eagles invest in safety linebacker, like... In in that piece, like Sean Syed calls the uh, calls the safeties like the the, the queen on yes. the, on the chessboard mm-hmm. for Fangio. I really think that it's it's more likely that the Eagles would, um, you know, Try make to sure to it. get him a safety. Yeah, right. like I don't yeah. know if that would be drafting one high and and trusting a rookie to do the things that he asked the safeties to do, or to sign a free agent. But um, and in theory, if you just look at it, like the the free agency safety class does look better than the the free agent linebacker class. Looks better. But. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I was about to say. Yep. And you were saying the uh, the same is true for the for the draft, or was the other? Oh, you were saying the opposite. Other way around. There's the more. There's okay. there's like three. Or, you know, if you just look at at rankings and kind of linebackers in that you know thirty to hundred or, or thirty to eighty range, it's it's a better time to find a linebacker there than it is a safety there now of course and you can read zach's uh, three-round mock draft his eagles mock draft on all phly.com right now if you're a diehard thank you yeah i'd be happy to discuss that uh the yeah so so to that point though yeah they i, I think this is a better year to sign a safety especially and, and I, I don't mean to get ahead of you here if for some yeah. reason antoine winfield jr is not kept by tampa bay uh yeah. that will be the type of guy you can splurge on 
I always, I've always been a huge fan of his, by the way. Like, huge fan. I thought he was, like, one of the biggest reasons they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought he was – I just think he's a great player. Um, the uh, – I do think the yeah. – uh, like, is the, is the scheme washed thing is yeah. – even if that is true, it is so, – and Zach made this point yesterday. Like, it's so different to have – bringing in the scheme and bringing in the guy who created the scheme because he is the one who was in the first place capable of designing the scheme. He has it within him to like design good. Like he is not the one who was wedded to this because he's trying to uh, simulate it. He is the one who is capable of like, he has it in him to design things differently. Right. And, and, you know, Sean Desai made the point when he's, when he started last year, that there's a difference between having studied Fangio on film and having worked for him. Right. Well, think about the difference, but what about being him? You know what I mean? Like, it's like this guy, has put in these schemes for a reason. Like it was to it was to combat the things that offenses were doing uh, at the time. And he's also the he's also the one who uh, the year that the Rams lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. Yep. Uh, he was the one who played with those like uh, six man defensive line fronts to mm-hmm. combat the outside zone uh, game of the Rams. And Belichick copied him. Yeah, in the second in the half, Super especially Bowl. right. Yeah. yeah, and then they scored three points in the Super Bowl. And Belichick was playing those uh, those six man defensive lines as a um, you know, like almost an exact copy of what Fangio did. That 2018 Bears defense was awesome. Like it was like the best defense in the league. First in DVOA, first in all kinds of yes. things. Just um, couldn't stop Golden Tate at the goal line. That's right. When he didn't even know the it. didn't even know the play. <laughs> Golden Tate. All right. Anyway, um, you got him off track. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh my God. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the no, reasons, one, my, my, somewhere in my brain, my my how much I disliked Kevin Byard was because he just reminded me of Golden Tate. Like I don't know why it was just the mid-season like, trade, the mid-season trade, trade, just like yeah. how like but bad much he was. lower cost. I mean, sure, but you know, during the season, you're not thinking yeah. about that as much. But anyway, yeah, that's bad. Um, okay. But Kevin Byard's not going to cut it uh, next year, right? Yeah, that's and not gonna the work. Sydney Brown injury makes it. Like they they need somebody for sure, right? Yeah. The one the one other thing I want to mention, and this is a warning because I know not everyone's going to like this. Fangio loves dropping one of the edge rushers into coverage. Okay, like that's just going to happen. Uh, he has these uh, a variety of different pressures. Um, one is called, and these are all like I'm just taking these directly from Sean Syed's piece, um, and he's talked about this on the on their podcast as well. Uh, they have a. He has something called slug, where the the nickel blitzes, and then the edge rusher on the other side drops out. Right, like he has he has another one where um, you know one of the linebackers blitzes and the edge rusher drops out. If you check my Twitter, I posted two plays from the Eagles Dolphins game this last year that resulted in one of them resulted in a sack and one of them resulted in the in the pick six that the Dolphins got against the Eagles and they both involved um, some sort of uh, pressure from the edge and like one of them had an edge rusher dropping and taking away the RPO the thing that I like about the way he does it is it always seems to have a purpose like it's like look the Eagles like to run this kind of RPO out of this formation so I'm going to drop the edge rusher exactly into the window of the slant while bringing another guy, it's going to muddy the read for the quarterback, and it's going to make him hold the ball, and it's going to do this. And then the pick six, the, the, the defender that Jalen is reading, the edge rusher, collapses on the running back, and then the corner blitzes, replacing the edge rusher. And so what ended up happening is Jalen 
holds the ball because he sees the edge rusher, the, the guy he's reading, and Fangio knows exactly who Jalen's reading, obviously. And then when he goes to throw the ball, the corner's in his face. I don't know if you guys remember that play, but yeah, like he yeah, ends yeah. up throwing the ball with the corner like one foot from his right. from his from his arm. So um, that play that that is clearly designed to take away that kind of RPO or that kind of play that the Eagles run. So my hope is that there's going to be a lot of this kind of thing where it's like, look, this was designed to stop this thing that the offense does, as opposed to we're a Fangio defense, and so we're going to rotate the safety yeah. down for no reason, which is like what the Eagles seem to be doing. It is, it is the perfect encapsulation <laughs> of yeah. what we're talking about, of not, of, of not being several layers removed of the person designing it. Like, it, right. w- with him, it is for a reason. And, you know, yeah, like, is it not ideal to see Hassan Reddick dropping eight times a game or whatever? Sure, but if it, if it is purposeful and it's not just okay we have a static five-man front right the offensive formation is lined up this way and so everybody knows that that means Hassan Reddick has to drop and we've just got three defensive tackles rushing instead right that stinks right if it is he's dropping and one of the linebackers or the nickels is replacing him and it's and it is part of a larger picture yeah like that that is a different conversation right no that's exactly right now a lot of this stuff is going to have to be installed very well and the you know the players are going to have to learn how to do it because a lot of the things he does involves players making reads during the during the play and we saw the eagles by the end of this last year not even be able to line up right so um you know he has this thing called cover three sight where you start with two safeties and then one safety rotates down to the flat but it's only based on what the receivers do, like who ends up getting the flat and who ends up being the hook between the linebacker and the safety. Just reading about that, it's like confusing. You know what I mean? It's like I can really see how players could get confused here and both run to the flat. I mean, the Eagles were all running to the flat even when they were just playing a regular zone yeah. coverage last year. Um, you know, so you really need this kind of stuff to be installed and you need your safeties to be very smart and know exactly what they're doing. And Fangio is a big fan, of course, of light boxes. You need the defensive line to be really good. I mean, especially against the run, uh, whether you're, you know, two gapping or whatever it is. Like, you need Jordan Davis to stay in shape all year and all, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. You need Jalen Carter to continue to dominate, um, and then you, and then the scheme can can kind of, you know, can work for you. If you have weaknesses in any of those at any of those spots, it's gonna it's gonna be harder. So I'm fascinated to see what they do personnel wise this offseason. I'm curious to see if they actually have an offseason program like like a, a, a more I shouldn't say actually they've had it in the past but a more rigorous one where they're on the field more mm. than they have been in the past three years uh, because to your point it's a good question if you're having a new offensive scheme and a new defensive scheme it would behoove you to like not really start practicing that mm. in in late July you, you when you have the opportunity in May and June to do it. What did they do going into 2021? Uh, the COVID, it was it was COVID um, affected. Okay. So they actually did not really have, they didn't have a mandatory mini camp. They had one week when the team was together and then they kind of picked everything up during training camp. But even that year, they were kind of late figuring everything out and it was the middle of the year when they started to know their personnel and kind right. of know how to, how to use it. Because you just think about it, the year after that, yep. it's, everybody's the same. There's exactly. no staff turnover. And then the year after that, they're coming off the Super Bowl. You don't yep. want to keep, you know, you don't want to put extra miles on those guys' legs. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good question. One last thing. I mentioned the, uh, the, the edge rusher will drop into coverage some, which won't be a thing that like, you know, WIP callers are going to be happy about. And or Hassan and Josh to that 
that point too. Well, yeah. sure. Another thing they won't be happy about is uh, he doesn't believe in 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 pressing at, uh, with both corners. Um, uh, Seth Walter tweeted out the rankings of um, teams that that have both outside corners and press coverage, and so the Chiefs were first at 41 percent. That's like a big Spags thing. Uh, the Dolphins were thirty first at four uh, percent wow. in that. Eagles were kind of in the middle. Um, so that's not so, like he he really believes in like if one of them's pressing, the other one should be off. So just okay. just something to keep in mind. Well, if the Eagles need to free up some cap space in order to pay a safety, one way that they might be able to do it is by using Rocket Money. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. If you are in charge of the Eagles cap, you could see all of your subscriptions in one place. You've probably got a diehard subscription to PHLY. You don't want to cancel that one. Uh, but I don't know, maybe, maybe do you need all the other ones? Maybe not. And if you see something you don't want, just cancel it with a tap and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They will even try to give you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So if you see the Eagles sign a safety and there is a bizarre number of the guarantee that includes $720 at the end, you will know that they used Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Now, the best thing that's come from, from Brooklyn to Philly is Julia. Uh, the second oh, best nice. thing is Brooklyn-style bagels. Um, and you, the bagels and co are Brooklyn style bagels that are made in Philly with Philly love. We're talking about huge bagels, the biggest, the biggest bagels in Philly. And we're talking about a huge variety as well. 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. You might like them untoasted. You might like them toasted. However, it may be there's 15 to 20 varieties you can use. And there's also a large cream cheese variety. So there's a lot of different combinations, uh, that you can use of, this bagel with that cream cheese and that bagel with this cream cheese. And on top of that, they're an affordable brand. So we're not talking about something you have to wait for tomorrow just to have on a weekend. We're talking about something that can be part of your everyday staple. It's not a high-end place that you splurge on weekends. It's every day. And it's not artisan. Um, it's a it's the type of place that caters to the individual with a lot of repeat customers. And by the way, I keep talking about the bagels. Really good coffee as well. And not $7 coffee. It's the type of... it's high-quality coffee at a good price point. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store locator. There's a hyphen in between store locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. Zach, I felt a little bad about the toasting bagels gatekeeping. If, if you like it that way, that's, a, that's <laughs> thank okay. You. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> I was very happy. I appreciate that, uh, the the uh, apology. I was very happy that everyone on Twitter was was just quietly in agreement with uh, with our take on that. Well, with you your know take, I, was, I, I kept hearing my, my take. No. My, my oh, yeah. I've never Point been yelled at that, more oh, yeah. about anything <laughs> than like there is there is a uh, like a gatekeeping of that from like, like New York bagel places will not let you toast your bagel. But if that's yeah. how you like it, that's yeah. how you like it. Zach, have Someone, you you uh, lived in Charlottesville? Yeah, of course. Did you go to Bodo's? Of course, many Bodo's times. Bodo's does not toast bagels. I, re they I remember that well. They absolutely refuse. Yeah. And, you know, they're in the middle of Virginia. So Yes. You know. 
It's not exactly uh, a New York place. I went there quite a bit. I also went to Little John's, if, if, if you know that. Did you know that Little John's is reopening? I did. I oh, saw that. The nice. cri- made All the Chris right. Long's hoagie live in peace, nice. right? Or uh, forever prosper. Yeah. Someone told me after, after, after that show, if you said the sky was blue... Bo would say, how could you dare say the sky is blue? And then he would make you feel like you're oppressing everyone who does not feel like the sky is blue. <laughs> I don't think that that's fair. I just uh, want now, to, now the problem is if I disagree with you. Then I want everybody point, to know that, that the gatekeeping apology was from Bo only. I'm not <laughs> apologizing. So, All right. Okay. But I'm I just, appreciate I'm curious. I, uh, you are such a fascinating being to me that I just every time a new piece of information comes out, I, I'm so curious. I'm I, so fascinated. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Compound interest. We'll get to the time machine at the end, I think. <laughs> uh, Deniz, you are uh, in addition to... Or we could use it to do it at the beginning. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, in addition to uh, watching the tape and grinding the tape, you are also a voracious consumer of all things Eagles media. Mm. Um, I wonder what your thoughts were on the press conference from from Wednesday. Yeah, uh, it was. It's always it's always fun these press conferences where uh, you just know it's going to be the news, right? Like, and there's so many questions to right. to break down and everything else. And um, in terms of and like my, every single answer is like that's going to be an article for somebody. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can see with some of the questions, I can literally like like feel some of your eyes rolling uh, in the room as well, which is fun. But uh, yeah, the. Um, the the question that that obviously everyone's talking about that that, that kind of struck me and I and I kind of want to address that one first is the the Tim McManus question right of basically so what do you do here the office space, um, yes. yeah and I don't think he meant it in a mean way but um, I thought it was a I thought it was a fair question and I thought it was a good question one that needed to be asked as soon as they basically revealed that he wasn't going to be in charge of the offense anymore it's like okay like what are you doing um, I I think. Look, there are examples of NFL head coaches who don't call plays on either side of the ball. The ones that everyone are, are going to refer to are, are Harbaugh, John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. Obviously, you have Dan Campbell now as well. Um, I think it's, you know, one of those things where, like, a lot of times people are like, well, what are you going to do when your coordinator – they say this about a defensive head coach as well – you guys probably saw the the recent like talk about how no offensive coordinator yeah, yeah, has right. been in place um, since the end of the twenty twenty one season, which is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you if you count Kyle Shanahan as as the offensive coordinator, he would be the only exception. No, the only the but, exception there is that is that Dave Ragone is technically still employed by the Falcons um, because okay. the Forty the ers have offensive coordinator. You know, they have they sort of do. They have like a pass caller, game right? guy. Yeah, caller, still, right? yeah, yeah. But so the, so but the Falcons, his title isn't even offensive coordinator though. But anyway, so, whatever. Yep. That's not the yeah. Meanwhile, Pete Carmichael like just got fired after being the Saints offensive coordinator for like 15 years in a row, which is just wild. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, I, I think I think like Sirianni's answer to the question was extremely clumsy. Yes. Um, you know, he, he said that they were going to maybe uh, like shuffle the core values, <laughs> that, yeah, which that is was such a funny, funny answer yeah, like, because he made a point about a month ago. To say that the order of the core values <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That, yeah. that like he's like that one's the right. third one, and he's like it's only the third one because we said a third. Like right. and right. and this time his answer was like we right. might change the order of the right. core values, which is also funny. I was like, hoping it, it that maybe funny that he made it like that's the big offseason product <laughs> project is, is figuring out what order well, they should go in. But. I know one thing you'd be happy about is if they fix the parts of speech yes. problem. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. that's maybe he'll have time for that yeah. now. You know, like he can fix he can make it so that yeah. Um, it was a clumsy answer, but I do think like. 
uh, we should have learned by now not to be judging Nick Sirianni by press conferences. Absolutely, absolutely, and that was my that was my thought as well. Um, I didn't think that first press conference was that bad, by the way. Like I thought people were way over the top and mean about that, um, just because he was like stuttering and nervous. Uh, I didn't think the things he said were were that bad. I think there. Nick is. If I can just interject real quick, I think Nick is much better when he's not trying to sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. When he's just like himself. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He's 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 much better. I think for these like high leverage press conferences, if if you will, he gets it in his head that you know he has to come off a certain way. Mm. And or if that, there are too many talking points, he's trying it, to exactly get, yeah. yes. It like like they're filling his his mind with this way. Right, like right. if if Nick's just himself, then he can be like goofy or or something. But he comes off authentic. He, he's honestly not, the he's biggest. He's not nearly as bad an actor as Doug was. Remember, Doug would come out with like an agenda to be like tough or whatever. Yes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, true. That was really yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my honestly, like the one piece of uh, like advice I would give to Nick is just don't be afraid to. And yes, like, yes, exactly. just don't be afraid of a period. Like there <laughs> yes. are two wakes so many times when he, he gives a good answer <laughs> good, and yeah. it should just be over. And then yes, he talks right. for another minute yes, just, exactly. he just keeps going. Exactly. And you don't get the sense Which, that I mean, it's I've intentional. Like it's not filibustering. He's not doing it to like right. avoid right. more it's questions. It's like he just yeah. doesn't know how to land the plane. Yeah. Or right, he right. thinks you're helping you. Like he, <laughs> right. he thinks he's help, like he wants to help. Right. And so he's like, let me tell this story about when this happened. And it's Right, like, right. He'll be like, did I answer your question? And yeah. and, you, and you'll yeah, be like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And he'll still continue even after you say, yeah, you did. Like, yeah. Double but as to yes, uh, the comparisons with uh, Harbaugh and Tomlin. Harbaugh Tomlin, but like, here, here's the thing. Like, we can talk about Harbaugh and Tomlin briefly, but I think there's an interesting kind of combination of criticism of what's happening right now, <laughs> which is people are saying that like, well, he's been neutered now. Like, what's the point of him being here and everything? But a lot of the people who are saying that didn't like what he was doing with the offense, yeah. right? So yeah. it reminded me of the the famous line in in Annie Hall. Mm. Um, Zach, do you know uh, Annie Hall? Not familiar. Is is that the Annie movie? Uh, okay, the so Annie play, okay, so I'm I'm very happy about this right Red now hair? because because I Red was hair? predicting that... that you would have not not heard of Annie Hall, one of Red the most hair, right? one, of, like, one of the most famous face. movies of <laughs> no, shame. not Red Hair. Zach. Oh, that's wait, a wait, different the, movie the, called is, Annie. This Annie's is Annie the Hall. Red Hair, right? Yes, Annie's the Red Hair. That's and, good. I'm impressed that you know that Annie Hall. Okay, Annie Hall. It's a movie by. Have you heard of Woody Allen? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. Well, it's his most famous movie, so. Is any Hall, okay. Yeah. It's before my time. That's okay. It, it, it is, it is, that it's true that it's before your time. <laughs> um, in any case, there's a, <laughs> sorry. Um, there's the a famous lot, line from There's Annie a famous Hall. line in Annie yes, Hall where the, these. The sun the, will come out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Annie the play, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to see Andy with your kids or something? Like, why do you know it? <laughs> yeah, my 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 daughter had an, had an Andy doll. Uh, okay, and, okay, yes. I do, I do, I do. There, yeah, for some reason. All right. Um, so in Andy Hall, there's the. Fa- <laughs> Sorry. In Andy Hall, there's the there's the line where these two these two uh, women are having um, lunch at the at, at a resort or something, and one of them says the the food here is terrible, and the other one says yeah, in such small portions, right? So which is funny, obviously, because like line. if it's terrible, why do you care that the portions are small? So that's exactly what I feel like I'm hearing when I like you know briefly tune in and on, on WIP and stuff. Like people are like you know like like Sirianni's offense sucks, <laughs> like you know like like and then in the same breath they're like. 
like, and he's not even going to be in charge of the offense anymore. Like, you know, like, why is he here? And it's like, okay, like, I think, I think either one of those is, is an okay thing to say. But when you say both of them, it's like, wh like, which one do you have an issue with? It's like, if you don't think his offense, if you don't think he should be in charge of the offense, then you shouldn't be upset that he's not going to be in charge of it anymore. You could be upset that he's not being fired, but, um, you know, that's a, that's a different kind I of thing. I think there are a couple things here. One is... You could read it as if we take it at face value that he is not going to be like as, like involved in the offense much at all, then I, the read to me is the Eagles are setting this up as like the head coach is uh, a fungible part of what is going to make this organization tick, right? Like we're right. going to install Vic Fangio, literal Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. Right. We're going to find somebody who is a bright offensive mind. Those are the things that are going to matter on the field. And Nick can be culture guy, and that is like the eighth most important thing that matters to the product. I don't necessarily agree with that. Right. I also don't fully believe that this is like Nick hands off on the offense. I don't. Know, I don't know that he is. Yeah, capable you were saying that yesterday. Yeah. Doing that, and it also is going to depend on who they bring in. I think he's still going to be very yeah. involved there. My issue with this setup is Fangio is going to kick him out of the defensive oh, meeting yeah, pretty quick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, so that's, he's going to. He's not going to have anywhere else to go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. My issue with it is the things that would be left to theoretical head coach of the team are the things that he has struggled with, like the, the game management stuff. Maybe this is like, okay, get back in the lab and work on that. Yeah. Maybe they can bring in somebody who's going to be in his ear and he will listen to. And then the culture stuff, like the culture stuff has been great for two and a half years, but it wasn't great at the end of last season. I would love to know what the hell happened at the end of last season. Culture. I think I think they would love to know too. I think there's you know a lot I mean? of like we don't necessarily yeah. know why things went wrong as well. Right. Like, is it the kind of thing that like as soon as everyone's gone for the for the like summer and comes back, it's gonna be okay, or is it gonna be something that li is lingering, and there are gonna be players who are like, ah, oh, this guy's back again, like, and the culture is gonna be broken. I I just don't think it's the second thing. Like, I don't. I mean, I don't think so either. Just because. Yeah. Nobody wants to show up to work and not like, you know, this is their guy's job. Like they're gonna they're gonna try to buy in. Right. Yeah. No. I, I, Plus, I just, Nick's gonna work hard. You can bet your bottom dollar that. Well, sure. <laughs> uh, to the point about the bottom yeah. dollar. That's an Annie reference. I know. I know what you did there, Bo. Uh, to the point about what's Nick's role. And you really went in on learning about Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he hates plays. Anything too, that so my daughter's yeah. interested yeah. in. Especially musicals. Yeah. Breaking I, into I, song. I, I can tell you all about Taylor Swift songs now. Okay. Um, yeah, we listen. Uh, there's, mm. there's, this, uh, there's this song, Never Grow Up, that my daughter knows all the words to. It's actually, it's a, it's a nice message in, in the song. Um, in any event, Jason Kelsey, speaking about Taylor Swift, uh, December 2022, uh, New Heights podcast. And Bo's least favorite segment, which is a mailbag segment, there was a listener who asked Travis and Jason, if your coach doesn't call plays, what does like, he do? Mm -hmm. And Jason uh, gave uh, like a, a defense about how he actually likes it when the coach's sole job is to narrow in on game situations. Um, and he, he says they're, they're, they're more involved with the team. They're more in the moment. They're more managerial. They communicate more. And then later on in that answer, this is a quote, he said, the bigger part of that job is being able to lead, being able to manage, being able to communicate, being able to keep everybody going in the right direction and situational ball. Right. Now, if you are of the opinion that Nick was not good enough in, the, in those areas, 
this past season, and certainly those last seven games, there's evidence of that. Game situations were a problem, right? The, the messaging, the managing was not working well. Um, but to Jason's point, what the the main part of being a head coach, and he's, he said this in different answers, is being a head coach of the entire football team, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you believe that Nick Sirianni has the leadership ability, the communication ability, um, the personality to be the person who can oversee, manage, uh, communicate uh, with the entire team, then he'll be fine this year with, with those roles. If you feel he's deficient in those areas, that's when you say he's kind of like an empty suit in that, in that position. Or maybe the thought is, like, if you're freeing him up, there is, like, professional development that he can get better at those things because he has more free time. Yes, exactly. I don't know. So let's, let's talk about, uh, as this offense changes... Theoretically, Danez, what, yeah. what are some of the things that you would like to see implemented in a new, in a new Eagles offense? Before that, I just want to say one thing. Like, I thought it was a little bit worrying that when Howie was asked in the presser, <laughs> then why is Nick going to still be here? Like, did you, I think EJ Smith asked him, like, are you going to yeah. still have confidence in him? Uh, Howie's Brooks, answer that was, was that almost... Was Brooks Cabina from... Oh, was yeah, it really? From, okay, yeah. sorry. I, I, I yeah. got, got uh, mixed up the questions. Is it Cabina uh, or Cabena or... I'll ask Brooks. We're gonna have to get Brooks. Yeah. Right? yeah. I thought it, I thought it might have been Q Benna. Okay. Uh, Brooks Cab- Cabena. We're gonna the, ask him. The the uh, answer that he gave was based almost entirely on like his record, right? <laughs> he it, watched our show. It was it was it was like it was like you know like like it's hard to make the playoffs three years in a row. By the way, six teams have made the playoffs uh, three years in a row, including uh, the Eagles. Including the okay. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa, Dallas, San Francisco, Kansas City, Buffalo, or the others. Okay. Surprised um, he didn't have that number. The it's like man I don't I, I haven't checked like how many teams like he they, had the record it's very funny but like it was all based on on like it's hard to find this it's hard to find yeah. someone who's going to win this many games yeah. and all of that and it's almost as if he, like he gives Sirianni credit for the wins right but not for any of the like tangible on-field things that that led to those wins right like it's like it's it, and it's and that's a really interesting thing right it's like and that and that's i think the problem that a lot of fans are having with this decision is that it's like if you don't think that he's doing anything good on the field like why are you giving him credit for the wins like like aren't the wins didn't the wins then come from like the roster and and things like that it's tough i don't know i mean like he has he does have the second best win loss record of any of the active nfl coaches um i guess jim harbaugh is back now so maybe i guess he's third now but um He's I won two thirds of his games. He's won, hard to do. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he won. Um, you know, in the time that he's been here, there there have only been uh, four teams to to win more games, and two of those are Dallas and Buffalo, who never even got past the divisional yep. round. So you could argue that like only Kansas City and San Francisco have had like tangibly better outcomes, and even San Francisco, like yep. you know, we'll see what happens this Sunday. But um, I, I, some of the things that really confuse me about Nick, and this is to address your question, Bo, um, it's like. He's changed before, right? Like, he's been able yes. to adapt. He changed in the middle of 2021. Yep. He was willing to accept change then. He was trying to be like the Philip Rivers Chargers when, when he got here. And then after seven, you know, he gave up play calling, right? This is like, a, like an, and we'll see who, who comes in, but, like, it's an extra version of that. It's like he's giving up some power in order to see overall improvement, and he's willing to try different things. This idea that the RPO game and the, the, the QB run-oriented play and all that kind of stuff is, like, his offense is a little funny, right? Because that's not what he came in doing. Like, it's not what Shane yeah. Steichen came in doing either. So hopefully there would be some ability to 
to adapt to that. Now, your your question about what I'd like to see coming in, I had this like general question of based on the candidates being revealed, like the Clint Kingsburys and the Gerard Johnsons, and like, is it better to get someone whose style contrasts with what mm. Nick has done, right? Does that risk having too many cooks in the kitchen, like the the, the Scangarello, sure. um, you know, type thing? Or is it better to have someone who shares similar philosophies? But then in the presser, Sirianni, first of all, said, like, I'm not really going to be doing the offense anymore. And then he just kept saying fresh ideas, fresh ideas, fresh ideas, right? Yep. And you guys were talking about this a little yesterday. I thought that implied that um, a Gerard Johnson type candidate is possible because it's like, you know, ideas from different um, like different styles of, of, of offense that he's that he's worked with. And if his lack of experience is the reason that you think that he wouldn't get this like head coach offense type position, I was just thinking like like if Jeffrey Leary hired Andy Reid like when he was the quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. to be the head coach of the whole team, you know, like and, and I know it's like a different era in his life and in and where the team stands and all this kind of thing, but if anything, and you guys talked about this as well, like you don't want to have three head coaches in the sure. in the room, right? Like you already have Fangio there. Um, you don't necessarily want to bring in a guy with too much experience who's been a head coach and all this kind of thing, because then it is really going to be like now that now the players are going to start thinking like, what does Sirianni do, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure um, about that. Now I will say, I, I am surprised we haven't heard any reported interviews of, with college people yet. You're right, um, and I think that that's an interesting mm. possibility, and maybe the thing that would be most exciting to me. And that's not something they've been against in the past, right? So right. Remember they yeah. uh, they've interviewed, you know. And it's something college coaches sometimes are, are reluctant to reveal for recruiting mm. purposes and that kind of thing. Uh, I do have right. breaking news. I have a response from Brooks on the pronunciation of his last uh, name, uh. and not only that, he didn't just give me like a phonetic text. He mm. this is a this is a voice message. Are well, we ready? So we're gonna get to hear it. Yeah. Thank you to Brooks. Here we go. Cabina. I love Cabina. Cabina. So I was right. All right. Cabina. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Cabina? I said, yeah. Okay. First time I ever got a pronunciation right. Yeah, let's go. Um, uh, <laughs> I made Joya laugh. Thank you. Um, I, 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 I just want to add one thing to what uh, Professor Shulman was saying a few moments ago when he was talking about how his answer about why they kept uh, Nick. And I think this is important to point out. Um, Jeff McLean had a tweet yesterday, and it surprised me when I was texting with, with uh, Jeff about it. Uh, how this is like a, a news to people, but Nick does not report to Howie. Okay, Howie's not the one who decides to keep Nick or not. Jeffrey Lurie's the one who who decides that. The Eagles have a structure, and it's actually it's in the news now because some other teams are changing their their structure. Um, the Eagles have had this structure now going back to the your ever since they kind of uh, fired Andy, where. Um, the coach reports to the owner, and the GM reports to the owner. Doug Peterson didn't report to Howie Roseman. Chip Kelly didn't report to Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman didn't report to Chip Kelly, although, although maybe he would. Um, the, the, the only year I that, think that's how it should be. Yeah, the only year that was not the case was in 2015, I believe, when I don't know if I, I, it, things were murky that year, but I don't know if Ed Manowitz 
technically reported to to Chip to Chip, or he might have actually reported to Chip, to Howie on the organizational chart. Mm-hmm. But in essence, he was reporting to Chip. That's how it but, should be. Their jobs yeah. are different. Their their timelines yes. are different. They need to be worried about different things. But th- there was this thought, and I, I I saw there was like a criticism. Why isn't like Howie being grilled on the decision to keep Nick? It wasn't Howie's decision to keep Nick. Uh, it's or it, I, I now Howie's obviously close with Jeffrey. They've worked together for going on to three decades now. So the relationship and also presumably he was in those meetings. Sure, exactly. Right. But Bo and I will have a chance to to speak with Jeffrey Lurie at the league meetings in March. That's when Jeffrey Lurie speaks uh, annually, and we'll get more clarity on Jeffrey's decision. But I did want to make that clear because when Jeff put that out, there was uh, I I I do know anecdotally there was like response like wow I, has this always been the case hmm. I didn't know this Nick has never reported to Howie and Doug never he did not report to Howie as well. All right, a couple more things to get to here, Daniz. Uh, you wanted to go through the schedule for next oh, year. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. Up, uh, um, gra- oh, go ahead. Just real. I mean, I don't know if this matters, but Brooks actually asked about what do you find yourself open to changing in the offense, and how he just talked about the record. Like his his question wasn't that. And then Chris Franklin is the one who asked uh, about oh, okay. uh, bringing him back. But anyway, um, I, I did have a quick thing about the 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 static, the the staleness of the offense. I'm curious if have you ever done that baguette trick? The water thing? Yeah. I am like a, I really believe in eating like bread fresh. Like, uh, like well, I, I will yeah. not, of course. I will not touch it like once it gets, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very, yeah. Emily okay. um, is not a big fan of, of this because it just means there's like food laying around all the time that I, I don't want to eat. But, uh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah, just refuse. Just, okay. I mean, I just won't eat it. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm sure the trick's good. I mean, it doesn't. But it's you can not always fresh, just like certainly go to the bakery and get it up a little bit. Yeah, no. I mean, it's you know, I like French toast. I guess that's yeah. You can, that you, that you, kind you of counts, toast, right? Yeah, yeah. But. Crumble them up. You can put it in your scrambled eggs or something like that. You know, there's a yeah. couple of uses. Yeah, there you go. There you Wait, go. you crumble up like like breadcrumbs? You're saying? Stale bread. You could use yeah. Yeah. Really? You can make croutons out of it. Yeah. My grandmother used to make okay. croutons. Yeah, croutons okay. put in soup like or whatever. Yeah. Now, ste- we're, uh, well, we're just meeting like the bread is is old. Not like there's not mold on it, right? No, of course not. Okay. I'm not eating moldy bread. <laughs> that's I wasn't a, sure about That's that. a delicacy if it has mold. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were yeah, no, referring to there. No. Okay, so just a few days mm-hmm. old bread. Yeah, okay. I'm t- yeah, I'm like a like a like a nice piece of bread. Like if you okay. didn't, haven't eaten like a nice loaf of bread, yeah, gotcha. you, you can find some uses for it. Okay. Zach was mentioning uh, T. Martin and uh, like how the Greg Roman like stuff would would like would be interesting for the run game and that kind of thing. So I had I was wondering about Jeff Stoutland, right? Mm. Um, he's the run game coordinator, yes. and a lot of the stuff that we've seen with like the the lack of the lack of motion and the um, you know like has been consistent throughout the time that Stoutland's been here. It's 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 interesting to it'll be interesting to see if like some like high motion offensive coordinator is hired whether they would have as much motion as they did where they were before you know what i mean like or if that's the kind of thing that like it helps the protections and things like that if there isn't well, especially motion. if they have a new center right like yeah that's true too would, if, if i guess it, it's bad it's a bad scientific method because like you're changing two things then like right and we won't know if it was kelsey or exactly if it was, yeah exactly but do you think kelsey's like don't have motion because then I can't figure out the protections. He wants to see the picture before. That doesn't he, strike. That doesn't his seem his like deal. his yeah. thing. Yeah. Like yeah. he seems like he would be willing to try to do. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. What bothers you more, the lack of motion or find the find Brandon Brooks and, and ask him if <laughs> or uh, the they see him uh, around the building? The lack of under center. Good question. Yeah, um, interesting. They're so they they were so extreme in both. Yeah, I mean they were just thirty second in both. Under center was no, by the end of the year. A single I don't play think all year long that was a pass under center that wasn't a fake. Tush push, right? There were yeah. there were like three or something. Okay. Yeah, there were very few, um, and they were all they were all in like the first drive kind of thing. It's like okay. let's like have this right. thing, this game. You could tell it was like a, um, but it really was only like three. I think there was like a pass to Goddard or something that wasn't okay. like a thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But um. By the end of the year, it had gotten comical. I mean, it was uh, the Eagles ranked 32nd. They, they were at 2% uh, single back, meaning like under center yep. with one. And the second lowest was Indianapolis with Shane Steichen. But even they were above 6%. And I checked last year, and the Eagles were at exactly uh, 6% um, and 31st. But, I mean, the 32nd Shane's team. Shane's offense all along. And <laughs> this is just single back. It doesn't include I formation, which the Eagles also never run, which is another way to be under center. Um, so when you add the I formation and single yep. back together, they're even like further behind everybody else. So it had gotten comical by the end, and the same, and the same with the motion. If you include, and I know Jalen Hurts hasn't had a lot of experience with like an under center play action type game, but if you include that and you still have some of the other stuff in there, I feel like you can be so much more effective. I mean, the Eagles were among the top teams in the league in play action rate last year. Yeah. But when you watch the film, this is like the perfect thing where like you really need to watch the film. It's just... It is like the worst, some of the worst play fakes you've seen in your life. Right. Like the running back's like not even close sure. to Jalen. Like the difference between the RPOs where he actually puts the ball yeah. in his belly and like takes it out and the, and the play action is, was like comical. It's like perfunctory. It's like just, just, just comical. Just, like yeah. like sometimes the running back like wouldn't even be going the right way. Like it would like, it was just so obviously. And plus the offensive line is, is just clearly pass blocking on those plays. The linebackers don't even take a step forward. Sure, They're not worried about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you watch the Eagles defense, like the linebackers are like yeah. <laughs> seven, you know, they take like seven steps forward every time there's play action. And you're like, why don't we do that? You know, like, so my um, understanding real quick of, of why, they're not under center is they feel that the quarterback run game is much better from shotgun and from pistol um, because of the plus one. But to that point, if you're not using, if you're not using your quarterback run game as a tool, then what you're doing is you're hindering yourself because you're not getting any of the benefits from under center. They also don't do the plus one nearly as much as they did before. I mean, like near the end of last year, after the injury that got less and this year it continued to be a lot of times that backside edge defender was in fact blocked by the tight end. So you're not actually doing the plus one in which case, what's it for, you know, like just, just the threat of it. And I mean, at this point, like, we should all, we should be able to have a have a um, offense that incorporates some of both. I mean, the average amount of under center in the league was twenty percent. It's not like we're asking the Eagles to go from two percent <laughs> right, to ninety percent right, sure, right. and take out all of the all of the shotgun stuff. You're still going to be in shotgun on every pass down. You're still going to be in you know like it's like there's still going to be plenty of opportunities to do the stuff that you can do from from the shotgun. It is funny. It's a funny example of watch what they do and not yeah. listen to what they say because like Nick loves the a wise man avoids all extreme. 
extremes mm-hmm. line. And like this offense is so extreme in so many different ways in, in, in the way that they do things. It's like, right. yeah, just be a little more normal. Normal, 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 yeah. normal would be great. Yeah. Normal is a relative not term. Having, I'm actually, not like, having the press conference like nine days after the playoffs. I really like the comment that uh, uh, Quez is probably not going to be back on the team. And what if he is the one who handled protections? That would explain a lot. Yeah. Uh, the schedule. Yeah. Um, so Speaking I'm, of normal. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we've obviously known the Eagles opponents uh, since the end of week 18, but most people don't really look at it yes. right until um, the team's eliminated and, you're, and you kind of have a sense of what the team's going to be like. So, yeah, looking at the schedule for uh, next year, um, the, uh, these are the opponents, obviously. The actual schedule will be released in usually it's May. Ooh, that um, looks good, Julia. Nicely done. We've got, uh, yeah, so if you, if you, uh, look at the screen. I know there. you created the graphic, Dennis. I'm well, talking about uh, these. You know, I'm talking about the know, picture. It picture really thing. is like, you, you know, every, know this font. every what font is single, that, by the way, every single, so the, the font is, uh, Adobe Garamond. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's the only font that I ever use. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. and a, also it is a good looking font. I have gotten so many Turkish undergraduates into top American graduate programs by insisting that they put their resume and their statement of purpose in this font. Um, you know, not, how many, wait, how not many, to take, how many are you not to take to? any yeah. like like tens and tens of students. So not not, <laughs> not to take credit away from them. I mean, they had nice. Yeah. They were good it students. Feels like you're they were look, taking they, credit away from them listen, in a major way. Listen, I mean, here's the thing, right? There are a lot of good students out there. I mean, you're competing mm. against the best students in the world when you're you're trying to get into like a PhD program at Yale or Stanford, something like that. I mean, you're trying to get into the you know you're, you're going go up those, against. They want to go to those Ivy League football meetings. You, it's that little <laughs> the Ivy League football reunions. <laughs> Meet Julian. Um, the like small difference of the the font when you're reading a statement of purpose or, or looking at a resume is massive. And mm. so Garamond is the only font that. That I use, it's the only font that... that, that Formatting, that too. Use. I mean, let's... Well, yeah. I mean, all those colors are uh, the official team colors of each, uh, of each team, which I, which I made sure to, to get right. Uh, but yeah, there we go. Um, so there will be no gauntlet next year. No matter what order you put these games in, there can't really be a gauntlet. Um, there are eight games against teams that made the playoffs. Um, and that that's counting Dallas twice. You know, this is yep. the number of games. So um, there were 11 this last year. Wow. Um, you could do a gauntlet. You could do... I mean, but it wouldn't be... I don't know if Pittsburgh's... I mean, it was Baltimore might win the Super Bowl. Like Cincinnati, if they get Burrow back, could be the best team in the league. Eh, the Rams could be Anyone good. Anyone could be the you best know, team in the league. Yes. That, that so, Packers team could be really good. But like, you could order it. But yeah. But like, but okay. But listen, I mean, oh, Canales is coming to town. Like, who knows what kind of challenges <laughs> well, that's going to pose? The uh, there there are three games against teams that made the divisional round. There were seven last year. And 12-plus win teams. <laughs> I feel like this the Canales, Canales thing yeah. is going to be a, a run <laughs> Unfortunately, Unfortunately so. Yeah. I do feel a little bad. That game good is for gonna, them. Good for them for yes. like speaking their truth. Yes. I appreciate that. I, I'm going to take it on face value. See, they, we're, they we're worked getting, through these things. We're good for it. them. But there's <laughs> no way that I'm going to forget about that ever. Absolutely. That's the only thing I'm ever going to think of when Absolutely I look at that guy. Absolutely not. And also, that game was going to have so little juice <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Like, we just fixed the problem of the, like, the, the, the most yeah. juiceless game next year is gonna is gonna um so the uh, 12 plus win teams there are only three uh games against those teams and two of them are two of them are dallas okay um the only other one is baltimore this last year 
there were not only six games against 12 plus win teams five of them were in a row mm-hmm. that was the gauntlet right mm-hmm. so i'm just saying like you don't even have the ingredients for uh, for that kind of that level of gauntlet here all right zach let me ask you this when uh, when I used to work for the Eagles, Chris McPherson yes. and I, oh, you you did know, a draft we, we split the road games, right? Yes. Now, we did mm-hmm. that with the schedule in mind, so the dates mattered. But let's say we were doing it ahead of time. Yeah. You and I are going to draft those eight away games. Okay. I'll give you first pick. Do you want to do one, two, one, 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 or you want to just go... Uh, one, one, one. Should, one, should, one, we, one, should, one, one. should I have read the opponents for, for the people listening, by the way? Sure, yes. The, so, uh, yeah, home is uh, Atlanta, Carolina. Green Bay, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. And then the division games. And away is Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Rams, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. And two of those are repeats from it's this a good year. Job. Yeah. You know what? I, I sometimes forget about the audio yeah, listeners. And, so and uh, I want to give a, a little mea culpa. I had been speaking for a few weeks that watch out for the Eagles having an, an international game this year mm-hmm. um, because uh, they have uh, – one extra home game and they haven't given up a home game to go internationally you have to do one every eight years well the europe games were already announced and the eagles are not a home team in those and they can't they're not on the road against any of those teams so the only way the eagles are international next year is if they play in brazil the brazil game hasn't been announced and that would about an eagles home game if it it happens aren't they one of the brazil teams they are not a brazil team eagles um what about what about the game in doha (laughs) <laughs> there's no game in Doha yet. Yeah. But yeah, at some point. So I there's still a chance that one of the home games will move to 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 Brazil? There's a chance, but Canales hits Rio. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But um Oh gosh. But, I hope it's not during But typically uh, those games go to yeah. uh, the games with the internet like the international rights holder of that mm. um, market and the I don't have a big fan base in Brazil. Uh the Eagles the Eagles markets internationally are New Zealand, Australia, and then Africa. I yes. just think they just yeah, got they get all of Africa. <laughs> they got yeah. the entire continent of that's, Africa. That's the way a lot of uh, you know the, the white world views Africa. Mm. There you <laughs> I, go. I, I, I need to talk to somebody. I thought because it was specifically Ghana. Was it specifically Ghana? Yeah. I need okay. to talk I, to somebody because because American football is like definitely big enough in Turkey that uh, it would be like super well received. Just get him on the phone with Roger. He uh, can make this happen. I, I actually like think that that would be a, okay. a good like decision. That. Like it's not just because I'm Turkish and I live there. And How I, are the stadiums I, in Turkey? Is, is oh, the stadiums are, are, are okay, really good. Because that's like the first thing that they Oh, do, that's yeah. the stadiums are, are great. I mean, the, okay. like Turkey's hosted multiple Champions League yeah. finals. Um, yeah, we'll be hosting um, the European Championships uh, okay. coming up. So. I would love a trip this. Yeah, no, the stadiums are easily good enough. Um, we teased it. Let's we'll, we'll do the draft. Real yeah, quick. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, so. sorry. You do. You go. If you, it's going to go one, two, one, 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 one. You can yeah. pick whether you would rather go first or second. I'll go second. Okay. You can get first pick. Uh, I would take New Orleans. Okay, I knew you were going New Orleans. Yeah, I like New Orleans. You want a Giacomo's meal, or are you more of a hurricane guy on? Uh, no, I'm not a street. hurricane guy. You know, uh, no, the food. Too much. The food is is yeah. great. It's a great. It's a great. Jacomo's has gone downhill. Down. I feel. I haven't been to New Orleans since he was playing I the playoffs. Like it's there. gone downhill. Um, okay, well then I'm I'm definitely going to Rams. Then sure. uh, great stadium. Always enjoy LA. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That, that, you get another one. Oh, I thought we were going one 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 one. No, I said one two one one gotcha. one. That's you got to pick whether you got okay. Front, one, uh, first or second. So then yeah, it's not a great road schedule otherwise. You know what? I uh, I guess I guess I would do. I guess I'll do Cincinnati. Yeah. Because they because you you only go one to every eight eight years. Although the seventeenth game now there's a chance it could be sooner. But uh, you get to see a good game. Joe Burrow's back. You, you can stay downtown and walk. 
there's some good restaurants in Cincinnati, easy flight, and it's a, it's, it's a different city. If you time it up well, when the college football weekend, maybe you can go to Columbus that morning and uh, on the day before, see an Ohio State game. Ohio State's absolutely loaded next year. They just got Julian saying, and they got downs from Alabama. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I would go with uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, the, the rest of it is not that exciting. I would just go Dallas. <laughs> okay, well, then, then give me Tampa, right? Yeah, you love Tampa. Yeah, easy flight, good food. You know, you can get Burns Steakhouse in there. You love um, Burns. Yeah, I would take Baltimore. Give okay. me the uh, just trip to that stadium, even though we went for preseason last year. Okay, you got the quick drive then. Um, you take the Giants, I take Washington. That's yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. You guys there like you crab cakes? I love crab cakes. Yeah. That's my crab cakes and I, football. Uh, that's actually, like that's my kind of food. I can't yeah. be like working on getting the crab out of the. Thing. I'm trying to fight against disagreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> I, I, crab cakes to me are. are are overrated. I just give me oh. the crab meat. I want the crab meat. Too the, often the crab is cake is yeah, too much filling. A, yeah. you, it's it's one of the biggest like things of like you need a good one. Yes. You know, because yes. because a bad one will just be filling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'd, need much, one of the yeah best. If, I'd much rather just give me some crab meat. But, yeah. My dad lives in the Maryland Eastern Shore now, so oh, yeah? it's a good excuse to oh, so get some crab yeah. cakes. Yeah. All right. We do need to close, Daniels, unless you've got any more uh, trenchant Eagles thoughts with uh, I, I know you're a man who likes to think through things. <laughs> oh man. The time machine problem. Mm. Where are you leaning? So this is so hard for me. Like, I don't want to go back and change anything. We need to find rules. Yeah. Like, it's like, part of me is like, okay, I want to go back and see, like, the the Mayan ball game or something. You know, like, like something crazy like that where it would be, like, awesome to go see it, right? But the moment I get out of that time machine into, like, the Mayan civilization. Yeah, boom, you're dead. Oh, well, like, it, w- it would take, like, s- 14 seconds for, for them to, uh, to, to identify me, realize I should be killed, and kill me, Well, right? what if they thought you were a god? That would be interesting. Uh, that, that was, I think that's on but, the you table. Know, I, I, but, In fifth but, grade, Joey and I did something called Maya Quest, where we learned all about the Mayans. That's not the way I want to experience <laughs> I know, it either. Joy, well, I, I thought we were not, not <laughs> talking about your fifth grade class. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not, but we did Maya Quest okay. in fifth grade. Yeah. Maya Quest, that's good. Um, I would want to go back and like observe as a, like, if I could like get into the, if I could look like someone from then, if that's part okay. of it, you get to disguise yourself. Disguise okay. myself in yeah. a way where it's like who, like no one's saying like who is this freak. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, no one would say that in general. Then yeah. like, I would want to go back to like different eras of Istanbul, for example. Mm. Like like oh, before cool. the before the like during the Byzantine times and like and I would I would hang out in the same neighborhood. Oh, I like for that. like one day. In like the 1200s, you yeah. know, and then in the 1500s, and then in the 18, you know what I mean? Like, I like just kind of go cool. through, and then eventually, like, slowly bring it back to the times that I know. That would be really cool to kind of see. But that you kind need of you need the guarantee that you're not uh, going to get like beheaded or changing <laughs> anything. In oh your yeah, life. not changing yes. anything. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the conquest will still happen, you're and like observing. it's not just going to the Byzantine Empire will not just like remain or whatever. Because um, then you know, I I I wouldn't really exist then. Um, but yeah, I I but I but I also I'm not I'm not beheaded. I asked Emily this morning, <laughs> and the first question was, "Can I take things?" I was like, "What would you take?" Like you know, like gold and guns. And I was like, <laughs> "Gold and guns? Like where are you where are you going?" And then she was like, like a, "Well, you know, I would need like to like Indiana buy Jones. things and protect myself." And then she said, "She said actually, I'd want to go back to like 
the dinosaurs. Uh, you know, I thought about that too. And, yeah, but the, but just then, to see. but then I was like, wouldn't they just eat you? <laughs> and she said, Not that's why I'm taking <laughs> guns. <laughs> and okay. I was like, wait, what? You're using the time machine so you can go <laughs> kill dinosaurs? <laughs> <laughs> like just go shoot dinosaurs like it's, like it's not enough that we've damaged current animals <laughs> we have to go back their, one, their number one goal like, is to go shoot some dinosaurs so I, I loved her answer it was just like yeah it's so good mm-hmm. All right. yeah, I like that <laughs> now, now that's what the luxury of having a chance to to think and consider. Sure, yeah. Tough, which, tough spot for you. Yeah, which no. is a lot different than most things in our show. Mm. Often the open That's of true. the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you feel good about Google? <laughs> <laughs> I, I Look, there's, there's different ways I could have answered that question. I, I, I'm not ashamed. Of the, the, the one thing, and I'll, I, brought, I brought this up before the show. I, I did want to point this out because I never want to kind of like talk money on the show, but for the purpose <laughs> That's all of, you talk about. No, no. no <laughs> is, is, is that, getting more. No, is that like you, you acted like investing in, Google, in, in Google's IPO would all of a sudden make it, would not all, would suddenly uh, like make it such, um, such that you never have to ever work again. Okay. And I, I think you're over uh, estimating, but what, then why didn't you Google's aim higher? Was. Well, it was more of like a placeholder device for okay, using. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you go. I mean, you go back and you invest in something that appreciates greatly over time. So that, like the the, the Google's IPO, I say that because that was within our lifetime. But there have been IPOs before <laughs> our our lifetime that would be more beneficial to be a part of. So in any event. Uh, there, there's a reason that in Back to the Future, Biff, who is like the cartoony kind yeah. of evil character, is the one who mm-hmm. <laughs> thinks like, I'm going to use this time machine to make money by betting on yeah. these things. And that's like exactly what you're saying. So <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to question how that's like the first thing you think of. Well, that wasn't the first thing. It was, it was. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was the first thing. <laughs> no, it wasn't the first thing. I, I just simply. I'm, I'm not trying to like, uh, I mean, there's stuff with family I, I would like to go back to. Uh, if it's a matter of like only observation, there's a lot of things I would yeah, like to we, occur. You know what we didn't really mm, talk yeah, through? We, the, we didn't set know, the parameters. If it's like you get to relive your life right. in your own body for a day, that's yeah. a different Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a that different would be like, like go yeah. like do a day in high school or something. Like yeah. that would be like crazy like to look back yeah. and remember right. like what that's like. Yeah, that, there's, there's things that like you would want to change about history, but... I was simply, it's like a placeholder device is the IPO of a obviously enormous company. So It's funny that you would then use that to get compound interest and become a billionaire and you would still be waiting for Jalen Hurts uh, <laughs> yeah. to, yeah. to come out from getting dressed. If you're like passionate about what you do, I'm, I love doing this job. Um, so I, oh. I hope to continue. Well, I hope I keep kind of improving and progressing, but um, yeah, I'm not... I always want to. Like, I, I've I've said this for the five years we we we've done the show. I want to work until I'm literally not able to work anymore. Okay. And I stand by that one. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for this episode <laughs> of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Wait, 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 real quick. Let's just set up next week. Next week. Yes. Uh, I'm heading down to Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. Uh, Good tra- food down there in Mobile. Solid food. It's like uh, it's like um, a lighter version of New Orleans. Like um, it's it's a lot of the, the New Orleans flair without the volume. So, yeah, I've I've had a lot of good meals. Some with you in Mobile. I'm I look forward to it. I love being in Mobile. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, so you will have somebody else with you on the show on Monday and Thursday. Mm. Maybe I'll dip in on Tuesday. I, hope I think so. I'm going to have a special show on Wednesday from Mobile. We'll figure all that out. I'll be back on Friday, but yeah, a little, uh, little PHLY Eagles podcast on the road. And then we're really on the road the next week. We're going to Vegas. Yes. Zach's favorite place in the world. Uh, you know why? It's all about that money. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all about that oh, money. It's good food. It's, exactly. it's good food. Shield made this it's point. Every single place you say has good food. So it's not, there is no differentiating factor to it. There's no place that doesn't have good food. And as I said that to Shield, and I stand by this, in life you find what you're looking for. If you're looking to find a reason to complain about something, you'll find a reason to complain. If, you, if you're looking to find joy in something, you can find the joy. Uh, but if you're, if you're looking to find a good meal, you can find a good meal. If you're, any person that's like you can't get a good meal there, it's, they're just looking to complain. They're not actually looking to get, the good, the, to, to get a, a good meal. So uh, that's, that's like a matter of, of, of attitude. You, I've told this to you before. You're as happy as you want to be, right? So uh, I, I believe— I think that's a little bit okay. unfair, oh. but— <laughs> okay. I think it's unfair well, to like people the, with clinical depression. Yeah, I think it's unfair <laughs> to like the 99% of people who aren't as happy as they want to be to say that. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like Las Vegas because it's good food, good weather. That uh, I, I, I enjoy a blackjack table from time to time. Okay, you never have to turn your head very far to see a sports game on on, on television. Uh, it's 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 but you typically don't have to rent a car because you can get from place to place walking or by public transit. The airport's close to. What's the Waymo situation? I don't believe Vegas has Waymo. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um, but so, anyways. Uh, Seems like the kind of lawless place that would. Yes. Well, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to deviate from this. We can get into the safety rates of a Waymo car versus. Oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm totally pro driverless cars. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think anything's more dangerous than human drivers. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, so, that's but, as I was saying about about Mobile, um, yeah, you, you find good food there as you can in Vegas. But I bring prostitution this up. is legal. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, senior Bowl. Does Carolina have a game in Vegas next year? <laughs> Check senior Bowl is kind of uh, almost the official start, I would say, yes. of our PHLY draft coverage, which I'm confident is going to be kind of comprehensive and informative and nuanced. Uh, during these next few months. So Bo is, is going to get his eyes on these players. He's, he's going to be there talking to valuable people. And um, it's the start, really. It's, it's, uh, it's January 26th now. So really, we're looking at three months until the draft. And uh, this is a time where that coverage is going to kick into higher gear. All right. Well, we certainly look forward to that. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thank you to Daniz for taking time. Thanks to Julia for making it all happen. Thanks to Zach for putting up with all of the nonsense. We appreciate everybody listening and watching. We will talk to you on Monday. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 